podcasting from Chico, California, tucked in between some of Northern California's best freshwater fisheries. This is the Barbless Podcast, a podcast about NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries management, and sustainability. If you have ideas or any questions for the show, leave the guys a voice message on the Barbless Podcast hotline, area code 530-636-2523. Also check out http colon slash slash podcast.barbless.co, where you can download past episodes and show notes. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at barbless.co and connect with them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash barbless.co. Here's your hosts, Chad Alderson and Nick Hanna. Fish on. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, co-host, Chad Alderson. I've got Nick Hanna in the room. Nick, what's up? Uterin, son of Uterin, what's happening? <laughs> Every Don't forget you got Hoover down there below. Yeah, licking my leg like a mad, <laughs> mad man. That's that his dog, dog, ladies and gentlemen. Just that dog. You know. French bulldog. <laughs> they like to lick. So today's guest is Luke Winter from Woodsy. Woodsy is a, uh, is a brand in Chico, California. They do sunglasses, and they do a special kind of sunglasses. Known Luke for a long, long time. He's gracious enough to come on the show. He's got a ton of experience running retail uh, retail locations, online stuff, and just basically lifestyle brands in general. I thought it would be good to bring him on. Uh, after talking to Nick, we decided like it would be really cool to have Nick, uh, Luke on because he's got experience running these these types of businesses. I know there's a lot of our listeners that are either guides or you guys are thinking about getting into apparel and he'll, you know, his, his brain, we're going to crack it open and hopefully get some in good insights that you guys can actually apply to your own businesses. So this one's a little different. We're not doing any science stuff. We're not doing, well, we always talk about fishing somehow, but it's going to be more focused on, um, you know, helping you guys out with what your respective brands and, you know, giving you some inspiration. We're still going to ask him when's the last time he's been fishing. Yeah. And we'll do that now. <laughs> Uh, but, definitely. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, I definitely fishing is not my strength, but, uh, I'm always open to learn more and hopefully go fishing with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think you were telling us before we hit the record button, you were, you wanted to get out outdoors more and, and, uh, you know, yes, yes, no, uh, I think we could probably make that happen for you. Yes. In this uh, modern world with all this technology, it's great, but we can tend to lose touch with, uh, nature. And I like to, with my business and in my personal life, I like to have a little balance. Um, I do love my technology. I do love all my modern amenities, but it's nice uh, to kind of be humbled and to get outside and see what, where we really fit in. We're just a small little piece in the puzzle, but it's a beautiful puzzle. You just got to get out there and, and enjoy it. And yeah. I think a lot of times we get too caught up in our rat race. That's well said. Amen. Yeah. So let's let's get started with your background, Luke. I just want to, you know, for the listeners, give them an idea of like where you grew up and schools and, and stuff like that. And then we'll get into what made you decide to become an entrepreneur. Oh, well, uh, thank you. And I was born in Hollywood, California and raised in a little suburb in Los Angeles called uh, Westchester. And then later on, it was Playa del Rey, basically right next to the big airport in mm -hmm. Los Angeles. So I was an L.A. boy, and as soon as I uh, finished high school, I, I got out of there quickly and, and kind of headed north and ended up eventually in Chico, California. 
and it's my home. I love Chico, and it's beautiful. It's a good balance, as I said earlier, balance between having the modern amenities, but yeah. there's a lot of natural beauty all around you the parks the rivers the the creeks it's a really really special place so i'm and very kind of, happy kind of centrally located for you know going wherever you want to go whether it's to the oceans yeah or, you know I, it doesn't the only thing that it doesn't have that i miss is the beach but yeah you get a lot i mean you know We're you get a lot more than just right? the beach though you get a yeah. lot of diversity lakes yeah. and creeks yeah. And, yeah. yeah and having you know lived four blocks off the beach in santa monica myself um the diversity thing was the biggest issue it's like if you like palm trees and sand and and ocean air all day every day and sun it's cool but if you like seasons and you want to be like on a lake one day and a river the next and a creek the next day you really can't do that in la you know no i can be on a lake in lake almanar chasing a hex hex fly in two hours and the same amount of time from Santa Monica to downtown LA, you know, so and like one quarter of the distance. So it's, she goes awesome. It it's is really special. Well, place. having all that, you know, the natural wonders that we do have around us, it's interesting that, and obviously you're the entrepreneur, maybe you can enlighten us with this is that there's, there's all these cool things happening in this town. You know, there's startups coming here. There's mm-hmm. a lot more people coming here to, to be an entrepreneur or run. What, why do you think, what's so great about Chico? Why do you think that? It, uh, I, I think it all stems back to uh, the university. Um, yeah. I think Chico State uh, has, a, has a reputation as a party school, but which is probably true. But at the same time, I think they've, you know, produced a lot of talent mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. I mean, Sierra Nevada, you know, that was from Chico State, basically. Uh, Lulu's.com, my wife's store, uh, build.com. There's, if you look clean back, canteen. clean canteen, a fifth lot of, son. fifth son, there's son. a lot of people that, that I think went to school at Chico State and stayed because it's a, you know, it's a wonderful kind of hidden gem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always call it the oasis because you're driving here, like, where the hell am I going? There's, <laughs> there's not much on the way except for yeah. cows and, and, you know, it, it doesn't have a major f- a freeway or thoroughfare. So, right. which, it's harder to get to, but at the same time, it keeps it nice. Otherwise, it'd be another big, blown out, you know, yeah. strip mall place. So, um, I think really it comes back to the the university, which it also brings some diversity to this area because mm-hmm. it's an agricultural area, and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it can get kind of everyone looks the same, talks the same. So, I think that yeah. the the school is really uh, powerful influence to bring in people from all over the the state or the yeah. world. And uh, right. I think, you know, I think Chico State deserves a little bit more credit than it's given as far as, you know, uh, academics and, and what, you know, turning out talent. Well, the three of us came out of Chico State, so. And right. Be, Wildcats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so you, you grew up in, in L.A. and then you went to Chico State, obviously. So at what point did you decide to get into this retail game? Uh, actually I was in, uh, uh, graduate school at Chico state. And, uh, at the time I was doing geography, uh, my emphasis was, uh, cartography, which is map making. And then a thing called GIS, which is geographical information systems. Yeah, yeah. I did that for four years, four and a half years. Loved, uh, I loved maps. So I had mm. to make maps, which was really cool and had a really good job. But, uh, uh, our biggest customer was was the government i had to work for the government and that was my least favorite part of the job so it was kind of dry and boring and while i was doing that i i was trying to think of a way to start my own business of whatever it may be from to you know uh cleaning pools to delivering pizzas to whatever i just knew <laughs> i wanted to work for myself 
and along the way, met my lovely wife, Colleen, and uh, she at the time had launched Lulu's probably five years prior to me meeting her, which was a little uh, boutique clothing store, women's clothing in downtown Chico. I remember the look. Yeah, remember the location. And uh, I said, what about a guy's store? You know, because I always liked uh, clothing. And uh, growing up, I was the oddball in my family. They didn't they care less about fashion, but I was the one that was always into like <laughs> yeah. name brands and whatever. And they just didn't. No one ever understood me. They're like, yeah, what the hell's wrong with them? Like, you're always dressed cool every time we see you. Got something. So like, I'm I'm shit, I'm a I'm rare like guy. Like I'm a guy that that's straight but loves clothes. So I'm I'm one of those guys. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of a rare breed. So anyway, um, I said, what about guys' clothing? And at the time, everybody thought I was crazy. They they said, guys don't buy his clothing. You know. You're crazy. You'll be out of business. You know, blah 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 blah. And I said, I don't think so. I mean, because I again from was lost from Los Angeles. There's lots of shopping opportunity. You go to Chico. There at that time there was nothing. Nothing. It was like Gottschalks. I was, was going to say being or Kmart. Here. I mean, it was yeah. it was horse. You know what? So uh, uh, anyway, I, I I said I think guys that come up here. Of course, every guy is going to want at least dress up nicely every once in a while in a college town because they want to impress the girls. So, right. I mean, you know, so I, on that whim, I, I figured most of the people coming to Chico State were from the Bay Area or Los Angeles area or Sacramento, anyway, a larger metropolitan area where you had more opportunity. So I knew we'd have between Chico State and Pete College roughly 30,000 kids, at least probably roughly half of them, 15,000 guys would want clothing. So I figured that was a good, safe, you know, gamble. And at the time, I think I was 30 years old. I didn't want to be 40 and coulda, woulda, shoulda. So I, I decided to, um, at the time, that was during the, the big real estate boom and uh, before the, the bubble burst, shall we say. Right, and right. I, I had bought a house while I was going to school and making maps. And uh, I used the equity line because the, the pre, it appreciates so much in such a short amount of time because everything was going bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I figured if it works, cool. If it doesn't, it wasn't. It was like free money in the sense, it. correct? Yeah. So I, I figured, what the hell? And what was driving me the most was uh, I didn't want to go back to that desk job, wearing Dockers and yeah. sitting a bunch of old guys in a lab punching on Fear a keyboard. Of a corporate overlord, basically. Correct. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> you know what? That's I worked really hard, and I I worked six days a week. Worked you know Monday through Saturday for like eleven years. But I, that was my push. Is I I loved clothing. I loved people. I like to be social and my previous job wasn't it was sitting in a, in a cubicle basically and you know database work it was very dry and just wasn't me and a good friend of mine slash my old boss said you know what luke uh you're just not really cut out for the corporate world and i'm like you know what? you're right and i left and uh, <laughs> and, uh anyway but circling back to how we started on this yeah. you, you were saying uh schooling and at the time i was in grad school and i was using gis uh, to work with the local police department to use the uh, GIS software uh, to redistrict the patrol beats for the city of Chico. Okay, and at the time they were just taking a map and cutting the thirds and like two of you over yeah. there, two of you here, and two so over you, there. You you were looking at basically traffic flow optimizations and stuff. Well, like that. Well, calls for service, statistic, you know, population statistics and geographic boundaries and, like creeks, and then how to route them. freeways. You can't drive through a freeway or a creek. So yeah, yeah so what's the the best uh, way to disperse your 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 staff basically? Right, right, right. And I gave them a three beat, or excuse me, a four beat, five beat, all the way up to a ten beat system and. They offered me a job as a criminal analyst, 
And I said, I'm going to start a clothing store. <laughs> and they looked at me like, what the hell? And that was, the rest was history. Dude, so. You almost had CSI Chico going and you did clothing yeah. instead. Yeah. It was just, well, I just knew that I couldn't do that forever. Yeah. So. Well, I think, uh, I think you made the right choice, man. I, I, I bought I do too. a ton of clothes there, you know, yeah. and, and then you brought just a cool, um, atmosphere to the downtown you know like that was that store just with the the rooms and everything in there it was just cool it was just it, really it, well done yeah. i mean the well, the dressing rooms are killer and we yeah. had talked about you know the first time i went in there that's the thing that struck me and you like describe your dressing those, those oh well um let me things. back up a second yeah. the clothing store i started for men was called trucker um and when i was trying to the hardest part of the business was coming up with a name um, cause you know, I don't want to be cliche. Like there's a million like surf and skate or, yeah. or active wear. What, you know, I didn't want something boring and, and monotonous or anything that could be like in a mall. So I wanted something unique and, uh, we tried and tried for long months to get a name. And one time, uh, one of my wife's friends, Kathy Barrett, going to give full credit to her, uh, said, you know, trucker. And there was many other words said, but I'm like, that's it. And the reason why is when I was a little kid, um, really little in the late seventies, early eighties, there was a TV show called BJ and the bear. Mm -hmm. It's about a truck driver and his, his chimpanzee and they'd cruise around, go to bars and <laughs> get in fights, pick up chicks. I'm like, this guy's rad. And, and, and growing up, I always wanted to be a truck driver because they'd smoke in the band. It was like kind of cool back then. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. when oh, I was a little boy, I'd tell my mom like, "Yeah, hey, I'll get a truck and you can ride in the back, the camper thing. Well, you know, anyway, so of course I gave up on that dream a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, once I, you know, realized that I did not want to be a truck driver, but uh, I just thought it was cool and it, it was, I could attach my, you know, I can, it was me basically. And I wanted something memorable and unique. And I always want to make sure that, whatever business or whatever I do, it's memorable and unique. Just like you guys said, you touched on, if you came to my story, it was very memorable and unique. And on that same note, our dressing rooms were actual semi-truck doors, uh, where it was the door to get into the dressing room. So some of them, you know, they were, I went to a junkyard and picked them up and, you know, had to use the jaws of life. And I saw to saw a couple of them off and make new hinge systems for them, but it was really, they were authentic, you know, tractor trailer yeah it just door so it, it was, was the centerpiece of the back of that store and it was really it was cool. cool i didn't yeah. go too hard on the whole trucking industry yeah. thing but were, but the the dressing rooms were trucks yeah. and you know i just wanted lots of like custom art and something whenever i do a business like and we'll get to my newest one later mm -hmm. is i always envision if you come to Chico, you got to go to there. You know, like yeah. there's a, you go to Chico, you go to Sierra Nevada. You got to go see the bear. Spots, yeah. I want it to be an iconic place. And and I'll, later on, I'll tell you what I've done on the newest one. But for, for Trucker, it was, you come here, you got to go to this, this store. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's one of a kind. And, you know. Well, your style said it all. You know, you walked in there, the style, the clothes kind of represented that in the art and everything in there. It's, yeah. It was definitely a so cool place when, to when, you know, when you were, at your your time running just the the brick and mortar retail shop at Trucker, what worked well for you guys and what what didn't? Would you say? And like, if you can think about it from you know our listeners' perspective and how they might apply some of that learning. Um. Well, I mean, it's it's just like like I mentioned earlier, it's finding a a, a need. There really wasn't any men's clothing store at the time, mm -hmm. and there's you know a lot of young kids or boys and or men and, and women coming through town. And by the way, I did sold men's and women's clothing. Um, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to be unique. 
I always tell people, you know, um, I just want to make, I don't care what other businesses are doing. I just want to make sure mine's better. So I want to make sure I have the best service, the best selection, the best decor, the best, best everything to just work common sense and drive mm-hmm. to just make sure that, you know, if someone comes to your store, they'll, they won't forget you because the best advertising is word of mouth. You know, I never like to Amen. print, print advertising and all that. I just made yeah. sure my store looked good. I had the best service. And then, you know, if everyone says like, what's the best Mexican food? You just ask your buddy, you don't have to yeah. go online and research it or see it in a newspaper. And if you have to advertise that hard, you're really not doing your job, at least on a brick and mortar, you know, web online is totally different. Yeah. But, uh, but brick and mortar in a town, it's just, uh, working hard to make sure that just persistence. Correct. And, and your, your marketing budget for a print was, was nil. basically. Nil. Yeah, yeah. At the time, uh. When I was younger, I, I I would my marketing. I called it guerrilla marketing. I would just get mm-hmm. a couple of my employees with me, and I'd grab a bunch of free stuff to give away at the bars and in a little college town. I'd go to Normal Street when it was still around, yeah. and and you know um, LaSalle's and Riley's and whatnot, and I'd communicate with the owners and like, hey, I'll come in, I'll give away a bunch of stuff, and they're like, during your happy hour or whatever. And it was fun. I got to meet the people that were shopping. And I, I mean, sad but true. But at the time, I was like, kids aren't going to go read a newspaper, and oh, I got to see the stores. They mm-hmm. like hear like they're giving away free stuff. So, what's more effective for that? The the demographic I was going after was eighteen to like you know twenty five, basically. Mm-hmm. And, nail on the head and they love free stuff so yeah i remember the cards even you know like i remember like people somebody in the bar specifically handing me something one of those cards like a 10 percent mm-hmm. off you know oh you got it here you want this you gotta go yeah go to trucker i just came out with a new one but we'll get to that later all right. yeah all right and now i i'm too old to go to the bars all the time and my wife would probably <laughs> nah. kill me but uh nah. but yeah she used to let me go out and i'd go out for you know three or four hours and it was fun. I'd advertise, and I'd come home pretty lit up. It was great. It was, it was, a, it was a win-win. Yeah, like the one thing I noticed when I first started coming into the store, um, you you had the office upstairs, and this was pre-online. So you spent – you were always down – you were always on the main floor mixing up with the, with, with the oh, staff yeah. and with the people that came in. And I think um, that was super important, right? And, mm-hmm. and I know you and I have had t- – we've talked about that and why you did it. And – um, I think it's obvious why, but why, why did you spend so much time interacting with those folks that were coming through the door? First of all, you are the store. I mean, you, you are your business and you know, you can't have a successful business unless you're fully committed and involved. And for me, I actually, luckily I enjoyed talking to people and that's why I did it. I couldn't handle sitting at a desk, just looking at the wall or the screen. I, I I'm too, I, I'm very, I'm very social. So I like to I like to build relationships. You know, I was a bartender, I was a waiter. I like to get in there and I like to make people happy. I'm like, hey, check this out because I'm, I'm passionate about this. You gotta see this. Let me get your side. I mean, I truly it wasn't a job. I mean, it, obviously it's work, but I enjoyed what I did. So it was it was a uh, fun. So that and going back to advice for other people, you don't want to do something you're not in. You know, uh, excited about or passionate about. If you're gonna be successful, you got to be really involved. So. You should, you know, if you, I don't think you'd hit success unless you're truly passionate about what you do. Yeah. That's just me. I'm sure there's people that are super loaded and they not really passionate people, but kind of stumble onto things. Type, yeah. I come from the other, you know, cloth. I like to, you know, I like people. I like making people happy and I like fashion. So it was perfect. Put it all together. Yeah. Very cool. 
So tell us about this uh, this new passion, this new ad- adventure that that you've got go- got going. Well, uh, did trucker for eleven years, like I said, six days a week. Great, loved it, but there was something missing. You know, my name was unique, trucker. There's no store called trucker. Uh, the decor, if you ever had gotten a chance to see it, it was very unique. Again, didn't look like anything. I was like the anti-mall store. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everything was great, but the there was a hole still I had. The, the hole was, I'm creative, and you can name your store creatively, you can design it creatively, but then the day you're selling other people's things. And like it started to eat on me. Like I kind of got burned out where like I wanted to create my own stuff. I wanted like, hey, why don't we do this? And well, that's great, but this is our brand, you know. Just just yeah. keep ordering your numbers. You got to be next that next last quarter's numbers. You know, like mm-hmm. they don't care. It's just they're their own company. You're just a, a vessel to sell their 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 brand, and, which is fine. And when online came on on the game, and people started buying online, that also plays a factor in terms of people just basically comparison shopping and you know yeah. maybe coming into your store, seeing it, and then buying it, you know, somewhere for a couple dollars cheaper. That's, because of the perceived savings or something. Yeah, and that's another that's a huge yeah. another topic. So but online sales right? is 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 really hard, especially we came in a wee late on it, I think. Uh if I would have been like 3 to 5 years earlier, it'd be a different story. But uh, you just need a, a a big trunk full of money at this mm-hmm. point cuz to be seen online it requires a lot of capital for for marketing. Um, where a mom and pop store like like what I had, I can go meet people. There's there's interface. You, it's not mm-hmm. through a keyboard, or uh, as they say, you can have the coolest store in the world or product, but if they can't find it, it's meaningless. And online, the only way to be found is really it, 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 a lot of money. Yeah. To 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 do it, um, unfortunately. So with the mom and pop, it's just passion and common sense. Of course, it takes money, but way easier to get there. I think. Um, to have a successful local business than it is to be a global empire. And I know firsthand because I've seen my wife who went from a little, you know, clothing store. I'm not going to hijack conversation, but now she's got over 100, 850 employees and she's Whoa. like ruling yeah. the online sales world. So, and started, started in the size of a office space that we're currently recording. Yeah, I saw the like, whole thing happen overnight. She, yeah. No one works harder than my wife. She's yeah. the hardest working person I've ever met. Um, Deserves every every uh, ounce of uh, success, but it's crazy. Like the difference of you know starting a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. I think. And she had a really good niche. Her thing was low cost women's clothing. And anyway, long and short, she's done really really well. But circling back to um, to why I got into the newest phase mm-hmm. is I, I just wanted to do my own thing. And uh, a gentleman came in my store, just like many other people that come in the store before saying, Hey, I got this great product. I want you to sell in your store. And I've had a million people come in with like, check out this new t-shirt I got. I'm like, if I had a nickel for every guy with a t-shirt, I'd be, I'm going to make it big off this one t-shirt. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like I, I got so like disenfranchised with people like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy came in and he showed me a wooden sunglass and uh, it's called Woodsy. And I was like, wow, this is a great idea. Cause, um, you know, I love fashion, obviously, and but I also care about the environment. I wouldn't consider myself a hippy dippy kind of guy, but uh, I call myself more of a, a realist. You know, um, we have a wonderful world. I love climbing trees as a kid, being outside and camping. I have fond memories going fishing, camping with my dad, and doing things like that in summer camp, Boy Scouts, whatever. I just like being outside. And then fast forward to now, it's like we're so smart of a, for a civilization that we can create 
spaceships and, and satellites and go to the Kuiper belt, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, we're so stupid. We just litter and pollute our planet at an alarming rate. And I always say, like, my analogy I use is, is you know, we can see, like, the pyramids that were made, what, roughly yeah, 6,000 yeah, or more. Or more yeah. uh, it's like 6,000 years ago, yeah. roughly. Right. Uh, and, and it's still great. We still can't truly explain how they did all that. We, we think we know, but we really don't. And then you fast forward to us. If we fast forward right now, 6,000 years in the future from here, you know, we have space station. We know all kinds of things that supposedly surpass what those people did. It'll just be a big pile of garbage and we're all going to be dead. Like, yeah. it's like, it's sad, but we're just greed, like money, it, it over, overrides uh, doing what's right. And so, my concept with my brand, Woodsy, which is a wood sunglass company, is to like, hey, we can do something cool. And I'm not perfect. My product has, poly, you know, has a, a plastic lenses, which is, are not recyclable. But at least try harder uh, collectively, all of us. Like, mm-hmm. if we could just make products that's not just about making as much money as possible, but also uh, doing something that that that's not going to be so harmful and detrimental to our planet. Like, we have kids or next generations that want to go fishing. If, Are they going to be there for exactly? Them? So my whole thing is, is, I'm not perfect. I'm not here to preach to everybody. I just wanted to be able to go to bed at night feeling like, all right. Well, I made money, but at least I tried hard to do something that will you know, be better than what's already available. And that's why I chose wood. And I thought this is great because I love fashion. I like to design because I'm very creative. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's better than the, pla- you know, plastic alternatives that people use. Yeah. Plastic technically really isn't bad if it's recycled. But no one, we're too lazy. Again, we're stupid and lazy and greedy. <laughs> uh, people just take their plastic and just throw it in the Shock trash it. can. Yeah. But if it's recycled, it's, it's actually a good thing because plastic is super strong. It's lightweight, you know, but we're just, we don't take care of things like we should. With my product, you could, you know, it's not as strong as plastic, but it's, you know, it's renewable. You can grow more trees. It's uh, recyclable. Mm-hmm. I even have a recycle program for my, my company where if you buy any of my wood sunglasses, say if you actually sat on them, broke them, or if you're just tired of them, they're totally fine. You can turn them in at any time, hmm. today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, That's super cool. and I'll give you a new one for f- half off. I'll take the old one. That's I rad. use those for parts to do free repairs for other people. So, mm-hmm. okay. you know, I try to like, you know, we're not perfect. Again, we use some plastic to lenses, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, I want to, I do feel better that like, hey, my stuff at least is is sensible. And wood has a lot more story to it than just plastic. Oh, it's warm. It's got character. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, it, it just, it, you know, I've used wine barrels, whiskey barrels, yeah, recycled skateboards. We'll get were, into that. But yeah, it yeah. has like more of a uh, history to it. Like yeah, it's, it's a personality. Cool. Not There's just like, like a mythology around that one pair cool. of glasses if you do that one brand deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's really cool. You, you bond with the, the, the you know. The story and the material. And it just, I don't know. There's, there's always pluses minus to anything. But the main thing is I wanted to design things. I thought it was super silly how we, you know, how we are as a, as a culture and civilization. Like, yeah, we're great. We're doing great things. We have electric cars and stuff. And we still should be doing more, I think. And I think we should really, I just hopefully want to inspire everyone around me. Like, whatever it may be. I don't care what you do, if it's fishing or whatever. But at least really look inside and, like, what can I do to make doing what I do now, but make it a little bit better. That's not going to be, you know, we can still have a nice modern life, but would still be uh, at the same time, uh, you know, less impactful on our environment. That's what I'm trying to get to. 
That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you said it so well. You know, Chad and I are creating a business ourselves. And one of the things that we're trying to get passionate about is conservation, you know, getting involved with all the people and resources in our community yeah. to do just that. You know, you we can't to. just sit back and, and, I mean, and fish and enjoy it. We got to also do something that's good. Yeah, yeah, well, the, it's the corporate responsibility thing. And yeah. you know, a lot of companies are starting to do it. Finally. At least in the U.S. I think on, on you're right. I, side. I think uh, the as we were kids, the, the big businesses, it's all metrics and there's no yeah. relationship. I, I being from a geography background and everything is a relationship to me. Like the materials you're using, from where is it from, yeah. from what people, then where's it going to go? And so there's a lot of I look at business a little bit differently, and uh, I think business overall is is finally turning that corner as far yeah. as like we should do more so just yeah, make I, as much money as we can. I think I think it's it's not actually the businesses coming from a sense of altruism. It's the consumer Demanding. that's getting educated and putting the pressure on the. They the should business. keep they the keep putting the pressure on guys. So we have, you know, <laughs> lots of pressure. <laughs> yes. And then getting back to the fishing component, I mean, even if you could catch a fish in the future, we, can you eat it? All the stuff it's going through the water and what it's eating and plastics. I mean, it's sad. Like we, you know, we really need to like I know, I know look in the marine, mirror. Marine biologists they won't even eat the fish in the ocean. We really we need to look yeah. in the mirror, everybody, all of us. And say, what are we doing? What can we do better? Yeah. And we were just in uh, in what the sushi place. Jesus, Robert. I go there like twice a week. Yeah, we were in Robar today, and and Matt uh, put in. He started doing you know uh, the paper straws. Have you have you had those? And like it's a little thing, but it's it's actually huge. Like if everybody oh, yeah. does just well, little things like that, like you're saying. My my big thing is uh, I made I make wood toothbrushes. Not because I'm oh, I'm get cool. rich off them, but it's more like how everybody brushes their teeth, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Most can't hear of the time. you, can't hear you. Yeah. So worldwide, how many toothbrushes are being used? I'm not. And even. then we just throw it in the ground. Yeah. And you use probably multiple toothbrushes a year, I'm sure. And it's so wasteful. And and I use it as a symbolism for my whole like drive to hopefully inspire other people. Mm. A toothbrush is great. It's, I mean, again, it's not perfect. It's probably ninety ninety percent or more renewable. It's wood. The bristles are nylon. The only alternative to that was was uh, badger hair, but I didn't think I'd so many. I, I don't think I, I don't think people would be in a hurry to put up uh, a toothbrush with badger hair in their mouth. So Dude, so again, so like like, like again, like I said, I, I we're not perfect. I never claim Woodsy's perfect, but I do do my best to make sure that I can do my best and t- to offer my consumers. But also, like I said, more importantly, you know, I give them away all the time. It's a marketing thing. Like guys, hello, do we chew on our toothbrush? No. So why are we making out of plastic? There's no need for plastic toothbrushes. It's so stupid. It should be banned. It should be against, to me, I think if I had my way, even if I didn't make the toothbrush, not about money thing, but it's so silly that we make, you know, plastic toothbrushes. It's just like- Or the, straws. I think it, they should all be banned. It's just the single-use plastics, I think, yeah. is where they need stupid. to put some legislation Have you seen the around. silverware, the forks and the spoons yeah. that are edible yeah. now that yeah. you can yeah. biodegrade? I mean, Sporks. same thing. Sporks. Yeah. 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 It's the new thing, huh? yeah. <laughs> wood sporks. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing wood sporks next. But so do you? Uh, and, and you'll probably answer this. Do your glasses? Have, is it glass or just plastic lenses? No, it's plastic. Uh, plastic the majority lenses. of them are CR39 plastic. Okay. Uh, petroleum. My thing is, I try to avoid petroleum-based plastics. That's the only thing I haven't got around yet yeah. is the lens. Mm. Um, but I my materials I use for glasses are. Of course, wood, as we mentioned. Um, I do use buffalo horn, which mm-hmm. is you know renewable. Wow. It's natural. 
Unfortunately, um, the buffalo doesn't make it. A lot of people ask me that question. But they get the buffalo horn from basically uh, livestock farms because they're already right. you, harvested for meat. So it's better than throwing it away. I buy the horn. But we use horn. We use uh, metals. We use wood. We use uh, a lot of re- – I'm really passionate about recycled woods, like wine barrels and whiskey barrels. And my new favorite is the skateboard. They've oh, actually yeah, been ridden yeah, as a skateboard. So dope, too. That's they're awesome. they're awesome because I I grew up in Southern California by the beach and lots of skateboarding and so that's kind of my world and I I love the the fact that someone had a good time and through all their you know their passion to riding the the skateboard now you're wearing it and what, how are you getting the boards are you just going to Venice and from friends Venice and <laughs> no. knocking people on the heads and taking them no no I'll probably get beat up down there. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I collect them from friends, and I have a friend. I'll give a quick little shout out to a local guy has a skateboard brand called Pastime Boards and a part time, excuse me, part time boards. He's a school teacher, and part time he yeah. owns a skateboard company. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Brent Brent's a great guy. He's given me a lot of boards, and other friends from the skate park and skate community have, yeah. have donated boards, and I give them sunglasses and trade. And it's pretty pretty special because there's a lot of people that make quote-unquote recycled skateboard glasses, but they're not really recycled. They go right from the skateboard blanks and factory to the sunglass factory, and they never even had wheels on them or been ridden, and they call them recycled, which isn't true. But we're truly – we make recycled skateboard yeah. glasses, so I collect them myself. And they just – they've got a really unique look to them because the way that they're they're made, they're, they're basically sandwich layers of, of wood, mm-hmm. yep. and they're Sound glued black, together. Maybe. I was just going to come Yeah, and there's different, different tones of color. Well, they're, you get those the cross way, cuts. The, and they the way you can tell, the, the dead giveaway, just give you guys a heads up. versus new. Correct, is, is the ones that are repurposed skateboards, there's no graphics on them. Every skateboard has graphics on the bottom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you get the skate or skateboard glasses and they're all single color on the outside, those are just they're just they're re, they're repurposed, not recycled. Hmm. Okay. So I do both. I do both. I do make re, repurposed board uh, glasses. Yeah. Um, so I do that, but I, I'm I truly make collect skateboards and then cut them up and turn them into sunglasses so wow. not many people can say that and i just use the temples which is the arms because i don't want to for liability and safety reasons i don't want to feel put lenses in a uh, a piece of wood that might have a who knows you know sure. exactly how yeah, many times smart. been ollied on or whatever i just i want for safety purposes so <laughs> the arms know. are pretty safe so the <laughs> arms you have are, a pair called the ollies no air to fakies maybe maybe come that's, and that's get the warmer two, yeah, that's yeah. the only two skate terms but I know. thrashing Oh, that yeah. okay. Josh Brolin's first movie, 1987, Josh Brolin. Yeah, watch it, guys. It's a great movie. I'm seeing your glasses that, all over the place. I My just, friends have them everywhere. Their style yeah, they're, is awesome. They're super cool. Check them out. Go if, well, if you're listening and not driving, woodsees.com. Woodzee.com. Check them out. Really Luke, Luke's the only guy that I know that's probably seen more like cult. 80s movies than I have. I, that's he, my favorite. We, we've had long conversations about this, and he can he knows like just name some like your clown one. What was the clown one you were oh, talking uh, about? Oh, uh, was it uh, Killer Clowns or something? Yeah, like that. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. I love terrible <laughs> movies, but 80s, 80s, 70s, 80s are the best. I think. Yeah. And actually, uh, I don't want to get too far off topic, but uh, I highly recommend Hard Bodies. I've been watching with my friends, and everyone that's seen it is loved good. it, especially huh. the guys. Sounds amazing. 1984 beach movie, lots of you know. Was it Baywatch before Baywatch? Way better. Run awesome. circle. They had tea bags. Baywatch, man. It, <laughs> it's the best. The best. Nice. What Hard we, Bodies. What were we talking about last night? The star. 
Last the, Starfighter? Starfighter. Oh, the Last, Last Starfighter. Starfighter. Yeah, That's a good yeah, one. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love all those movies, man. Yeah. That was a good yeah one. And, and when you walked into Trucker, there was there was kind of like this 80s kind of design. Mm-hmm. There were mm-hmm. some design aesthetics that you would borrow from the 80s and mix it in with the oh, new yeah. stuff. I had it an was, old dresser, like a childhood tight, dresser man. with all the original yeah. stickers on it from yeah. the 80s. Like, you it's know, really cool. E.T. and Freshen Up Gum and all that yep. stuff. So, yeah. No, I love the 80s. Still, still do. That's super <laughs> I was lucky cool. enough. 70s, 80s are my favorite. Yeah, your uh, your store is awesome. By the way, love it. Oh, the new one. Yeah, yeah. and so much different than Trucker. Yeah, it's totally. It's, it's a it's a starkly. It's way. To, it's like Trucker was like all uh, white, and Trucker was, was like walking to someone's house. It was very yeah. lots of things. Yeah. It was cool. It was it was unique. It was the woodsy. Since we're selling wood products, the and they're one of a kind. I made it's not about the store. Before it was about the store, it was kind of ambiance. You felt like mm-hmm. you're in someone's house. This time around, it's not about the store, it's about the product. So on that that note, everything in the store is is white. It's like an Apple store. Like yeah. the, the walls, the floor, everything it's like bright white. It's like you walked into like a uh like to, like a photo studio. Um and then you have wooden, beautiful wooden eyewear and accessories on the wall. So that's what we're celebrating, not the actual building itself. But it ends up, it looks pretty cool, actually. Besides the wooden products, we do have a huge 12-foot yeah. walnut slab. The table. On the table, so right cool. in the middle. It's it's huge, and it's beautiful, and that's the centerpiece. So, again, it's just, kind of a minimalist look. But yeah. it just ties up the, the middle, the outer edges of the room, which are organic, with the center of the room, mm-hmm. you know, and just looks great. Yeah. It was uh, it's really cool. a lot of fun. And if you look closely, I'll give you guys a little some some tidbits. Uh, I also have a giant, uh, my friend Eric from Chico Metal made all of our shelving and I have a giant pyramid. It's like a 12 foot high pyramid. It's all powder coated steel white. Anyway, if you look closely, the floor is not level because the building's so old. The pyramid's off the ground on one end, even though the pyramid's totally. Oh, wow. Well, no, I didn't Yeah, and if, and if you look closely, the walls aren't even straight because the <laughs> building is probably from 1890 or something. Yeah, or uh, It's really, really built old. Built on top of the so Nothing is straight. The walls aren't straight. The floor's not level. There's, there's, there's a lot of weird, quirky things. If you, next time you're in there, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, and real quickly, when we were talking about earlier being doing something unique to be memorable so people can come back to your store and shop, uh, the new version I do is uh, when every time someone comes in to purchase something, I have a little photo. Uh, fo- oh, the uh, photo yeah, collage. I do I like that. I do uh, like, a, like a, I don't know what they call them now, but we used to call them Polaroids. But the, I have like a Fujifilm version, like a mini Polaroid, awesome. basically. We take everyone's picture and they can do funny, but whatever you want to do, we put you on the wall. And so eventually it's going to go from all white decor to I want the whole room to be photos. Wow. Oh, whoa. That's that's the ultimate goal. So come on, guys. Let's get some photos it's in almost there. like you're, you're changing them all a pixel at a time. Correct. You know? It's pretty cool. So right now it's a big stripe going around the room, but eventually it's going to go up and down. It's going to be the, the entire room will be wow. photos or, or white shelves with product on it. That's cool. That's awesome. Memorable again. So if you come to Chico, you got to get your guy something to buy and take a picture and see this place. So. So you went from uh, a clothing line trucker store in Chico to with eighteen to twenty five as your demographic. So tell us a little bit about this transition, and now that you're in a completely kind of a different market, different business plan. Can you talk to us yeah, a little bit about um, that and how how that transpired? Definitely, uh, our demographic has changed slightly because our products range from basically, I think uh, seventy five to one twenty five. So our demographic has actually increased a little bit. It's gone from. 18 to 25 to now it's like 24 to 35. 
So basically, people finishing school have money. They care about the environment. Uh, millennials come to come to mind. Mm-hmm. So lots of millennials and and um, yeah, it's people that are young adults, a little bit of cash in their pocket, and want fat and want to look good, but they also want to feel good about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's you know we that's the the meat and potatoes. But we do have older clientele as well because we do a lot of recycled whiskey barrel glasses or wine barrel glasses, and we get people in their fifties, sixties, or even older than like they just love the 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 craftsmanship and the idea about it. So that we get some of those too. But the meat and potatoes every day we're selling mostly to like. At twenty four to thirty five. Yeah, I, I thought your your co brand initiatives were genius. Can you kind of can you talk about those a little bit? And because I think there's some there's some you know lines that other people can make their own conclusions about their little markets that they're in and and might do something similar. Well, um, fortunately, I, I consider myself extremely lucky. Uh, those all, to be honest with you, have all kind of fell in my lap. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, the first one was the Robert Mondavi, as I mentioned earlier, went from page rank, like number nine or something to like number three, which mm-hmm. was huge. We're um, talking Google on search results. Yeah. By sorry. The way. Yeah. We're getting yeah, searched. Right. But anyway, uh, they came to me and as actually a PR firm for the Robert Mondavi and they wanted to do a project. They wanted to make 300 glasses, I think for an event to give away. And they wanted to ship their barrels from Napa Valley to, to my uh, a company up in Chico, California, and I was going to turn them into sunglasses. I'd never done it before. I was like, I don't know. What? I, I just said, yes, let's go for it. I rolled <laughs> yeah. the dice. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And we did. And the next thing, it went from 300 pieces. We're like, well, we're going to do more. Let's get, order another 500. And then like, or, by, in, by the end of the ta- uh, project, I think we, we made like 1,200 units or more. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sold like hotcakes. Robert Madavi is a really successful wine company. Yeah. And uh, they had an amazing PR company called Nike PR in New York City. And uh, they got us press. We were, I think we were in the uh, Washington Post, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, Los Angeles Times. And then we got all these links. And that's what really pushed us to the top. And uh, it was really, really cool. And that kind of put us on the map. And I was very proud of that project because, I, like I said, I had never done it before. I went from selling clothes a year prior to that to mm-hmm. – I'm doing my own uh, sunglass company. I'm designing my own stuff, and I'm dealing with big major companies I've never dealt with before. And they say, I always told them, like, you say jump, I say how high. I just wanted to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And, and I worked really, really hard and probably had like 1,500 emails back and forth, but we got everything on time and I did well. And then at the end, I'm like, hey, I want to hire you guys for my PR firm. And they're like, oh, that'd be like 20000 a month. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't afford you. But uh, <laughs> they were really, really good. So anyway, fast forward since then. Uh, maybe the, again, I had other companies approach me. I don't know because as of that or whatnot, but um, I had uh, the next deal, I think, was a big one. We've done deals with uh, the whiskey one, right? We did uh, Maker's Mark. I oh. went after them actually. That was that was one I did go after because I was really like, liked, I liked their whiskey. <laughs> and I met a guy and he's like, Oh, I know them. And he got me in contact with them. And, um, we talked and it progressed and actually I still have some maker smart glasses now. And that was a really long term good one. We did, we made those right here in Chico, California. Very proud of that. Never made glasses ourselves. And we had to figure it out and team up the right people wow. and machines, all the whole works, but we made it. And then the next was, uh, uh, Dura tequila. We did some for them. We didn't sell them, but we made, I think 500 glasses for mm-hmm. them. 
two different times, our, our 250 and 250. And then uh, we did Woodford Reserve whiskey. And then I uh, did uh, a small line for Mercedes-Benz for their online oh, store. So it, it kind of became this side this yeah. adjunct business. Well, too, that's where I'm getting one. to. Yeah. I got I got something exciting yeah. to share in a second. I haven't even told uh, you yet. Oh. Uh, so we did the Maker's Mark, Air Dirt Tequila, Woodford Reserve, Mercedes-Benz, and then just recently we did uh, Monster Energy drinks. Mm-hmm. They wanted their their Java line, which is their coffee-flavored energy drink. Um, and it's like tan, so it's kind of organic uh, vibes to it. So wood. Yeah. So I made them, I think... 2,000 units and then they just reordered more. We, I think we ended up doing 3,000 units for them. And anyway, my point is is uh, all these people kind of came to me and randomly, I, kn- I didn't solicit my services at all. So I'm proud to announce coming soon, um, I, I decided recently that I wanted to launch a, a new uh, side company, again, being an entrepreneur, uh, called Winter Company. We're basically... I can, it's called private label, what I just mm-hmm. spoke of. I will make whatever, I'll make products for other companies, larger companies. Say, say hey, Toyota wants to make a watch. I'll go make, I'll find it and, and make exactly what they want and produce it for them. So I'm going to start doing that and start soliciting my my services because I actually have a resume now because I've, I've done all this. Mm-hmm. I have physical so samples. Cool. So now, I mean, why not? Yeah. It's a low risk, high reward. Being an entrepreneur, that's what you want. It's just my time. And my my resources. I've been doing this for so long now that I have the resources. I, I know who to work with and who not to work with, and I can help people get what they want. So, um, coming soon, I'm going to start um, trying to reach out to other companies and say, "Hey, you have a dream or, or, or like a product you want to make for an event or whatever it may be." Yeah, I'll do it. I forgot to. We did Bacardi too. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the vodka goose. Grey goose. goose. I did grey goose. Yeah. A bunch of stuff. Anyway, it's cool. I, it's exciting. So you guys and, have done a lot of brands in the last. Yeah, 12, and 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 and, and on top of that, I I again, I'd never done any of this before. I just I'll do it. Yeah, it's that uh, one thing. You correct. Took, you went well, from you slinging clothes to said, yeah, we can do it and, and figure it out. And then and next thing, look. I started doing more and yeah. more, and it, and they've just come to me, and now I'm getting emails like, "Do you want a job doing this?" I I've been on a headhunters list somehow. They they look at me for pack, <laughs> private packaging and private label. People right. have been offering me jobs. Well, so, it's such a unique skill set to you know to actually have and also have a track record in. So I'm, I then, imagine you'd get hit up. All I the also time. do events. And just I just did one like last month. So like for instance, the first one, uh, this company said, "Hey, we're doing an event for Toyota for the Super Bowl." So, mm-hmm. Toyota Motor Company wanted to take their top ten dealerships from Southern California and take them up to uh, San Francisco for the Super Bowl two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put them up in hotels and wined and dined them and gave them golf, you know, whatever. And then they had me come up and do a pop up shop. So I guarantee every dealership got. A couple set of frames, and I, I, you know, so it's a nice paycheck. I'm there for four hours, and they oh, cut wow. me a check. And then the next one, I did Verizon contact. I'm like, hey, we want to take our sales team uh, to Half Moon Bay at the Ritz Carlton. So I showed up at the Ritz Carlton and sold, you know, 150 sunglasses in three hours, and it's a nice paycheck. And Boom. just recently, I just did another one for a company called uh, BRG, which is Berkeley Research Group. They they make a lot of people a lot of people wealthy. So they did a retreat, company retreat in Scottsdale, Arizona. So they, mm-hmm. my wife and I went out there. They put us in a hotel and then sold 200 glasses 
in four hours. It was 108 that day. It was it was outside. Jeez. They didn't tell me that part at night. <laughs> at night, I was selling glasses at at night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah, with a bunch I, of drunk people. Yeah. but I did it, and, and and I sold 200 glasses in four hours, which yeah. is pretty good. That's paycheck. really good. So, and so, my 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 takeaway from what you're saying is like you you know you've had some pretty good success, but. You're still out there slinging. Man. Oh, yeah. You're just no, like busting I, ass. No, yeah. I, I work and hard. My wife even said, my wife it. who has, uh, I guess, 850 plus employees, and, and she showed up the event just as my wife. They had no idea who she was, and, and she's way bigger than me as far as uh, you know, in the business world. And she um, she was done. She's like, oh, my God, I haven't worked like that in a long time. <laughs> like, I'm physically drained. Like, we, we slept in. We were so tired. We had to service 200 people in four hours in the dark. I know it was 108 degrees. Oh, it was pretty man. wild. But it's but a dry heat. it was awesome. I loved what we do. And and, and we're both – we work hard. And, and I like stuff that's – I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. It's monotonous. Yeah. So for me, I crave – we're both creative. But I also like doing you – know, she used to be a waitress. I used to be a waiter. So it's kind of fun to yeah. get in there and – you know, make people happy for as long as you can. You you know, you've talked about all this success and cool things and you haven't once mentioned social media, you know? Oh yeah. And I, you do, a, well, and you do, I love your shots. I love your pictures. Uh, can you talk a little, a little yeah, bit about I'll that? Yeah, I'll try. But, I, but there's a reason why I didn't talk much about it because I am not a social media kind of person right, at heart. Right. I can't stand that. I, I do it because I have to. In the in the business world, yeah. it's it's that's what counts, and especially yeah. the demographics we're going after. They eat, live, and breathe. I don't even have an Instagram account. Like I per, I don't have a personal. account. I never have. Never probably never will. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I have a Facebook account is I keep in touch with all the people I grew up in Los Angeles or we're all over the world. But I really don't care like checking in like on people and like what well, had a cup of coffee today. There's a lot more things. I, to walk do. my dog. I just it it, it, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just really blunt. If I don't like it, I don't like it, and I've yeah. never liked it. And and but at the same time, that's just my personal side and I wish I could like it more. My wife's always on Instagram and she's really good at it and she's like got the eye. She can, you know, keep in touch with like what's the latest and greatest and models or photography angle. Like she's really good at it, but she, I think secretly enjoys it. I don't. So I, 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 I work hard to try my best to, to get it. And in you, if you're starting a business, you social media is is a must, and right. you have to be good at it. So, right. hopefully, if you like social media, that's a hell well, of a head start. I, I like yeah. photography, and, and both of us do, and that's obviously an important thing for us. And it's, but that's what yeah, I've noticed your your Instagram yeah. page, and you, you obviously yeah. take really good no. pictures. I've seen you got some pr- models that get involved. With yeah, these I wanted photos. To, and, I kind of want to unbox a little bit about the production staff that that does that kind of stuff because I know I know what Lulu's does on they you know they're but you you know you've like you said, you have a, a smaller business, so I kind of want to understand like how you guys run your social media piece from the production side, pumping out video, pumping out the photos, all that stuff. Like how many people? Do, yeah, we don't is. do too much video. We're we're small. We use p- different people, but I mean the main thing is just quality of photog- photography. Photography is everything, mm. uh, and plus you don't want to lull people to sleep, so you got to have really good photography. Some people that that understand photography you need to have the right people and at the same time you have to make it interesting and there's so many people trying to do the same thing as you're doing you don't want to just be another okay mm-hmm. product there's another product shot product shot like yeah it gets lulls them to sleep you got to make something exciting and mix it up mm-hmm. so i always try to do that but my problem is just always keeping up and checking on because like that's like ah i hate social media <laughs> i don't want to look at it but you know that is like especially online sales you have to because 
there's no interaction. I can't walk up to someone and start talking to him. Like, hey, man, he's a great guy, and we hit it off. You know, it's it's all through keyboard and and your social media. So mm-hmm. Like that, that's your face. So if they look, it's boring. Like, why would I want to go in the store then? Or if right. it's just like, look at this product, look at this product. Well, you're you're just it's, there's no substance to it. It's just you know, miles was going to Amazon because just look at this product. I can look at products all day long on there. Yeah, we you know Nick and I went to lunch day, and and in the course of our conversation over lunch. Um, we were talking about Yeti. I don't know if you're familiar with Yeti. They do the coolers. Mm-hmm. And, and if you if you look at their feed, you look at their Instagram feed, a lot of their stuff is very aspirational. They show product shots, but it's it's always in a setting. Lifestyle. It's in some sort of a setting. And, I've, I, and, I, I, and, like, and a lot of their stuff ha- is in motion, too. Like you'll see the person with the bag or whatever jumping into the water or doing this or that. And, and they do a really good job of, I think, balancing you know a straight – you know, product shill shot versus actually putting some photography finesse around it as well, you know, and, and really being deliberate on how they frame those shots, how they set those shots, light those shots and all that. Yeah. So, uh, definitely what I would do is, is, you know, if I was starting my own business or people, listeners out there, that are interested, I would look at the, you know, do some research, see which, which uh, social media channels or, 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 or pages in your industry that you want to get into are doing the best job. You know, you're not saying copy them, but you want to learn from them because they spend a lot of time and money doing that. Yeah. And you can save a lot of time and money by seeing what other people are, have already done mm-hmm. and say, all right, well, I can make my own voice. But using these ty- types of methods, you can cut some, right. instead of relearning how to, to make the wheel, you can get the wheel and start rolling, but just make it your own. Mm-hmm. So, I would look like you said, Yeti. Yeti's doing a good job. Well, I would look into that and get like five more Yetis and see what they're doing. And mm-hmm. that's what I've done with my staff as far as for social media. I'm like, this is what I like. It's what they're doing. This is what I don't like. It's what's to avoid. So, I mean, let's make our own voice. I don't want to ever copy anybody, but, you know, that's they're a, doing a good job. That's a really good point. So, your, your art direction is really about you find stuff that you like that other mm-hmm. people are doing, and you'll say, I like this, but I don't like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's try and do something in a similar I, vein I, and avoid these things. I have a wonderful uh, lady by the name of Casey that's doing my social media right now or a lot of my photography. And I just, you know, in the beginning, she, we didn't know each other. So I'm like, this is what I like. And this is kind of, I kind of came up with the formula. This is what I want to do. Like every 10 pictures is kind of like, I want to mix it up. I don't want to be doing the same. This product shot, product shot. I'm like, let's do a travel thing. Let's do something that's fun, funny, because I'd like to have fun and not take life too serious. So I got to have some element of that to mm-hmm. represent our brand and us, as well as I wanted to, um, you know, I, I don't like pose shots, like for sunglasses, like, look at me, I'm a you know blue steel yeah, kind of thing so i was like from the side or like just something yeah. that's i guess uh, not it's so obvious a moment. it's a moment like out of there. not even their full face it's just showing the, it's not about the model it's about the glass i'm selling glass i'm not selling that model so the model is just a vessel to, to help me sell that glass so and, that's why i want to i want to make sure you never make the photography about the model it's more about the product and mm-hmm. not to be mean to the model but you know it's it lines up with what you said about how your store is designed. Exactly. It's not yeah, about it's the, the store. Yeah. It's about the product. Yeah. So the main thing is just keeping your focus, at least for me. is like I want to focus on, like, we work hard to make really good products, and I want to show off the you know, wood's got grain and nice different colorization. I so I want to get the photography can help bring that out and share it with the, the general public, and that's what that I strive for. So with, with respect to planning for the future on, on with the social media stuff, like how far in advance do you plan – out your your you know you said you you want to you were 
mentioning you're, you're working with your photographer and you said, I don't want to just do product shot, product shot, product shot. I want to do some aspirational stuff, then a product shot. How yeah, I, I wrote out like a that? little plan basically like, okay. all right, this is kind of like a formula. And I looked at other, like I said, I looked at other brands or like sunglass brands, for instance, and what they were doing and yeah. how they're doing it. And I kind of came up with my own formula. Like, all right, let's do three of these kind of shots, two of these kind of shots, one of this, one of that, one of that, and that makes 10. And then you just rotate, mix and match, you know, and, and keep it flowing. And I'm actually going to talk to her next week because I want to refresh it up a little bit. And will you She's guys... doing great. But I want to always, like, you always you can't just put on autopilot. Yeah. Like, I did it for a little while, but, you know, you got to get in there and adjust. So how often do you kind of rethink those, those strategies, would you say? Well, which ones? I mean, I've well, I, know, I wear a lot of hats, but guess, as far as social media, yeah, just for social uh, media. I'd say like you know every other month kind of thing. You know, okay. I don't know. I I don't like putting because I don't know. I could change. It could be weekly. I I, sure. I don't like being stuck painted into one thing. I, I I'm very mutable, so I like to like uh, I like to be free. So so you have a, a loose game plan, but you yeah. don't necessarily stick to it. Well, I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I'm balancing. I'm doing production. I'm doing yeah, design work yeah. for new products. Work with other partners. I mean, I have a lot of things to do, and so, like I said, social media is not the the height of my thing. But uh, but there is a you do have to, you have to. So, um, like I said, I'm I'm about to come back. It looks great, but I want to um, sprouse mine up a little bit. You know, because people kind of get sometimes they they get too you know. In a, in a uh, routine, right? So I like I want to spruce it up a little bit. You don't want to keep changing it too much. It's a fine line. It's, it's there's no I guess one of my point is there's no real answer. There's no like every two days or I'm right way to do it. Yeah. yeah, you just you have to like you know it's a constant uh, struggle I guess as far as uh, you know when's the right time to do it. And I guess my wife would be the the best to answer that question because she's done really good you have a whole department for, yeah. for stuff like that well, your instagram it does a great job you have the models you have great shots but it it, it shows your off your glasses really really well that's yeah. you know well, that's and, the number one i it, always it, will it does a really good job at that so that yeah that's the number one point is you it's about the product so yeah. we always want to make sure the product's looking good and in focus and and uh case takes great photos i have a really good team Super happy with my my crew and you got Chico um, State for so people can come in you know never oh yeah yet. got oh, kids cool. coming in take, taking pictures the so. guy that's editing this video is from Chico State yeah I, I just uh, just came out with a Chico State shirt actually I started making shirts again oh did you cut tapping back into my 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 clothing my, my rag roots um, I made a t shirt just recently because I wanted to celebrate Chico's an amazing place but it's called a heritage and partying sure so I made a I wanted to make a, a party shirt so if you come to chico you got to go to woodsy and you got to get one of these shirts i want to make it like a classic an iconic thing and so the new one is a, it says i and it has a a red solo cup and it says chico <laughs> so, and it says it all it's sweet, very basic sweet, yeah. but it's cool yeah. people are going nuts it just came out like two weeks ago what's cool yeah. is that shirt that you're wearing right there yeah, i want cool. that i want that same color the I, same i have them come on brand. in come on in and then i want to hold a big steel head up like this with that picture on our hey come on well would, you guys can help me get some social media you guys can help me get some uh and that's another thing we have a lot of uh we worked a lot of uh, for marketing social media uh outreach mm-hmm. and that's uh it's huge that's probably more important than what i post it's more of like we trade for uh, product for photography with 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 Instagrammers. Oh, I got you. Okay. So we send them sunglasses. They post according to our contract, and then tag us. Whatever we work it out. 
Mm-hmm. And print media is dying, and this is what's booming. Yeah, so right. I do. I did have a, a question specifically about brand influencers and, and that's influencer huge relationships. So I know I've talked to Colleen about this a bit, and I've talked to her her head of marketing about it a little bit. But what's your perspective on it? You said it's huge. Like how? Yeah, it's a must. How much of a factor? Is it in it's your business? A, it's a, it's a let, must. Let's back up and describe, like, talk about what a brand influencer is first, because some people may not know. Oh, well, to me, a brand influencer is someone that 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 actually enjoys Instagram and social media, yeah, the opposite of good. me, and they love to post pictures of themselves and traveling and of, doing things and whatever. A lot of followers. I'm not. I, I hate the camera. I hate pictures personally. But th- these people love to photograph themselves or have photographs of themselves. And everybody's got and, a skill. And then people love it like again i just don't get that i'm just an old man from the old days but but people go nuts it's way more powerful nowadays than reading a magazine or like a gq magazine or stuff that we grew up with now it's about oh i'm following jimmy john most of them are women to be honest with you i think it's like 80 percent women they're the influencers and they have a following so my my Standard is they you don't want to work with people less than ten thousand followers okay. uh, general, and then the main thing is is uh, interaction because a lot of people can buy fans and all that nowadays. Yeah. So you want to see what they're uh, are they engaging their their the people that like them mm-hmm. are they actually commenting and how much is yeah. it, is it is it authentic or is it made up? So, so it's like your follower to engagement ratio, and say if you have ten thousand followers and you and you look at that potential person that you may do work with and they have like maybe five likes and two yeah. comments it's that's a not good it's a dud that's and there's also wild. there's you know in, in all fairness to you, i've had people that have picked up their five thousand followers but they have a huge they're up and coming yeah. yeah so the main thing is engagement so if you can see if people are truly interested it's not just hype like hey Pay me and send me some sunglasses, yeah. and I'll post something. But it's <laughs> all it's all made up. Like they they're paying people to like it. Or, I know yeah. there's you have to do your research, basically. So yeah, how do you um, how do you identify those influence influencers, especially like that? Uh, you said the up and coming ones would seem the most. Those are the best because they're cheap. With. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're, so yeah. how do you find them? How do you how do you guys identify? You got dig. I actually have a. Uh, I work with uh, Chico State again. I have. Mm-hmm. Usually, I have a little program, my outreach program. Where I have a paid person, then I have an intern, basically, and they learn their the interns learning from the paid person, and the paid person graduates, Chico moves on, and the intern becomes the paid person, then we get a new intern. So we kind of been doing that, and it's been pretty successful, and because the Chico State average Chico State person is really into social media, and they get it and they understand, and we spend a six months training them and then they they learn that's their job is they reach out to them say hey we want to work with you or vice versa sometimes people reach out to us say we want to work with you and then we we get to the bottom line like what do you want or do you want trade or do you want money or what, like and if you do want money we got to research is it worth the money like mm-hmm. you know based off engagement and and how are they easy to work with? Some people are really diva-like, and it's, mm-hmm. I just don't even want to work with them. I don't care how much money it is. So, And and some have representation, and mm-hmm. you avoid those, right? You just go directly to the source no, normally? It, or? it depends. I mean, it, okay. it, it really depends. There's there's a lot of variables in that. Yeah. But it's definitely, if you're looking into online business and advertising, that's pretty much the future. Yeah, right. So it used to be my wife, you know, always liked the best because we had you know, organic free representation. But... Nowadays, it's gotten so big now, and print media is going down the tubes yeah. that now almost everyone's charging. 
Even the smaller fish yeah. are charging Even money. This, yeah, everybody's getting smart about it. They understand there's value in it now. Correct. You know? So it's not cheap anymore, but it's still it's valuable because that's the my demographic is 24 to 35, and they're all on Instagram. So and then so my next question is, how do you measure value once you've engaged with them? Like, how do you how do you get to an ROI metric or in a you know a basically uh, a conversion metric? Like, what's a what's a good metric? I, I to be honest with you, I, I don't even know how to answer that. I I, I tell you know um, you know certain, especially the bigger ones. Some I've had some some really good in, uh, influencers, and we've got some sales right away. You can tell or or, or our page grew. Okay, you know, so much yeah. a lot. So it's more of a correlation with the time they started. Yeah, and then it, a bump in sales or something, and you can infer that that's what caused it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess, yeah, I wish wish I knew more on that, but I, I really don't. Yeah. Um, I do my best. I like again, I have to wear a lot of hats. I there's, I wish I had. Yeah, it's it, just me, myself, and I it, most of the time. So it's such a new market, also like the the technology is not there yet to do the that end to end. I wish I could say, oh, if I pay this person two hundred bucks to post pictures, and when they post, I can see exactly what happened. It, yeah. Eventually, we'll it'll get probably there. be there. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. We'll but it's not. AdWords is there. Yeah, right? AdWords yeah. is there. So you yeah. can eventually can we'll that. get there. But yeah. right now, there's not. There's, and yeah. I, like I said, I have a lot of fish to fry, so I just keep moving around the room, cooking a lot of fish. So. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, you could tell. And, and overall, it's, it's just brand recognition and people being familiar to brand too. I mean, doesn't mean just because I didn't have a sale from that person doesn't mean that it sucked. It may, but still, I could have reached yeah. 800 people that now who know I am. So. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to look at it, and it's hard. But the main thing is, is you know, you get a lot of bang for your buck doing that. So if you've got, and this it's is hard really, though, yeah, I imagine. And then um, this is really marketing budget, budgeting, marketing wise. Let's say you have a thousand dollars to spend. Um, where would you, how would you allocate that money from a marketing perspective? If it all had to go to marketing, just percentage wise um, or whatever. Well, uh, a lot of I guess PPC or pay per clicks, mm-hmm. Google AdWords. Uh, the best, really, for the for your buck is Facebook. Believe it or not, even yeah, though Facebook's not as popular amongst that demographic I, I mentioned, the twenty four mm-hmm. to thirty five, Facebook's still really popular the internationally. For how much dollars you get? And is crazy. Exactly. So Facebook, yeah. you get a lot for your money. It's probably right. really tuned. Right. Um, Facebook's probably the best. I do Google AdWords as well. Um, I'm about to go for get an article in GQ magazine. You pay for it, and 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 in England, of course, not it's not as strong as the United States. But I did it before, and you get a backlink. Okay. The whole works will link to you, which is great. So that's a good one too. And ba- backlinks are good for page rank. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like a vote of confidence on the internet. Mm-hmm. If you've got somebody if you have articles that, pointing yeah. to your website, that's good. It boosts yeah. you up because it means your yeah. people are talking about you. They want to read you, it, so yeah. Google values that and will push you up. If people are talking about you, they're going to reward you for yeah. it. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes there's like they call it black hat people who start doing weird shady things. I don't do it. I, I'm right. legit. This is a real article and it's a three month thing and it's during the gift guide for men and blah 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 yeah. summer issue so i'm a sunglass company i'm doing the summer i mean it's, yeah i'm doing anything weird and they i did it 2013 when i first started yeah. and it was did really well for us so i'm gonna try it again so i it's a little everything you know as far as answering and, the question and um this you, you had something i was just gonna say it's just facebook or instagram yeah. you know spending money in there if you have good content whether it's pictures or videos it goes yeah. it goes a long have, way have you guys done much promoted stuff on instagram 
Do you need another beer, first of all? Most important. Yes. Manny, <laughs> do you mind um, running and grabbing a Coors for our yeah, guys? I love beer. I forgot to tell you guys that part. Um, Say that again. Sorry. I got to start uh, thinking about beer oh, and I got yeah. excited. So, so um, I was asking about... Um, Basically, do you do you do a lot of sponsored ads on Instagram specifically? No. Why not? No. I, I don't to be honest with you, I have a one of my teammates, Ellsworth, is amazingly smart man, probably the smartest guy that works with on my team. And mm-hmm. um he's my guru. He does a lot of my PPC. He does he's got the, you right there. Oh, three beers. Nice. Coors heavies, man. The banquets are the ball. I don't want to make the clanking sound. There you go. Sorry. No, that's all um, right. Can I make a sound right here? Yeah, oh, yeah. You can put it right there. Ready? All, Ready? Ready? One, three, one, two, two three. three. Oh, that was geez. a little slow on the draw. Sorry. That was good. Um, no, uh, we've tried before and Pinterest and all that, but the like again, uh, hands down, Facebook runs circles around all of them for how much you spend and what you get. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend Facebook. Uh, Instagram... The only per, the paid stuff is when like paid influencers are really good and mm-hmm. they get a lot of interaction. That's worth the money more than just a paid post. I agree with you. So, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, it's like Instagram kind of strikes me at this this stage in the game from an ad, advertising perspective is more of like a brand impression kind of a spend yeah. and not so much a conversion. Correct, correct. You nailed on the head. Okay, so it's mainly just. Well, because people are going on Instagram to look at these people because they think yeah. they're cool. And what they're doing and look how pretty or handsome yeah. they are. They want to be like that person. So it's yeah. like a it's like a, they want to be cool and, and so if they're rocking your product then that's cool. Yeah. Now, does that mean they're gonna run out and buy your thing? It's more of just like the like, hey, you're in the cool the cool guy wears your stuff and that's all I need. It's not like, oh, I saw that one picture, I'm gonna go buy it now. It's like a vote of confidence. Correct. Yeah. Okay. With Facebook you can fine tune it like, do they like to fish? Mm-hmm. What kind of fish do they like? It's amazing you know, what where you do can they do. live? What yeah. do, you know, you can really, 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 really narrow it down. Yep. So Facebook is very scientific and they do a really good job at it. So and then like again, let me touch our uh, circle back. Facebook is huge for international, mm-hmm. where Instagram is huge domestically. Now, okay. like a lot of European and Australian customers from Facebook. So, hint, hint, if you want an international business, I would check out Facebook. Makes sense. Mm. They don't use Instagram quite the same. Interesting. Um, so, sourcing, like Nick and I are going to be getting hats pretty soon for a barbless brand. So, sourcing in general, um, I don't need, I'm not asking you where you get your, your stuff from, but overall, like what are the, I'd love basic, to help you. Yeah. Okay. For that, yeah, on that like, note, what are the basic <laughs> steps needed? You know, if, if, if you're going to source apparel, there's different types. There's like on demand printing, there's wholesale private label stuff where you can do like cut and sew. Um, Oh, it's, it's, and it's, there's pros and cons with all. And I know yeah. you've probably done all three. So yeah, I've done a lot. Like if <laughs> That's you're the hardest part, if you're just starting out and you know, you can't do cut and sew because that requires a shit ton of money. Um, the the print on demand stuff is cool, but it's limited in terms of what you can do creative creatively with the with the garment. So, what do you think? Um, I haven't made clothing clothing in a while because, like I said, I switched gears to the accessories like sunglasses and watches primarily. Um, but you know, I mean. It, like what are we talking? Are we talking just T-shirts, or are you talking yeah, like full I mean, on like, like most of our so shorts? Most and shirts of our listeners like are, are hats and shirts. Well, hats and shirts are really easy. You can that's that's not a that's a no brainer. You can do it all right here. You can 
China at all. You yeah. can just call up, you know. I for shirts, I'll give you guys some 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 recommendations. I I like Bella Canvas. It's a weird name, but they make really really good T-shirts. I used to use American Apparel for years, yeah. and they're good too as well. I'm not knocking I, them. They, I thought they were this great. Is, this I is Bella. Have, I, I have like American this. Apparel. On. This is Bella and Canvas. And I like they're that even style. better. They're, yeah, they're even they're better. Like they're, 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 the soft, yeah. the price yeah. is good. Do, do are they like lo- a little longer in the torso? That's you my can biggest. Get, you can get all kinds. You can you can get all <laughs> kinds get of older. stuff. Oop, they have dream. long shirts. Yeah. They have everything. They have everything. Okay. Oop. So Ooh, uh, okay, that's good. So enough. Bella Canvas is great. Hats. I mean, basically, to do your research, it's like anything. Yeah. I'm like you're gonna have to dig. And then what I would do is I would pick out five places you think you like, and just order samples from. them. Okay. And then you just see it in, in hand, wear it, try it, and then until you're like, oh, I really like this. I want to make a hundred right. of these. Then you go after it. Yeah. But you should do oh, your, your footwork. Take take yeah, your time. Do point. it right. Don't like, don't come in running hot and you know waste a bunch of money and time. Like take your time, do it yeah, right. It's, it's like picking song. out fly time materials. Yeah, like you, know, I, you don't want to order them online. You got to go right up to the phone. Yeah, you got to yeah, see it. You got to see yeah. it in front of you. Like yeah. we, I, when I started the swimsuit company with my wife, right? Um, we we did cut and sew and put a shit ton of money out and i think we had our first run was a minimum order of i think it was like 2500 units or something and they also make you buy a ton of fabric that you may not utilize for that first run but you're supposed to you know so they have production capacity so somewhere in bali there's a ton of just you know racks of of rolled up material that i don't know where it is it's gone you know, we just liquidated the business, and so I would not personally not recommend doing cut and sew for your first. No, business. no, no, no. That's yeah. insane. I, I yeah, ignorance no, 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 is bliss, no, no, no. though. Well, no, for hey, me. we all make mistakes. You yeah. learn. Yeah, We're all human, and uh, you know, trust me, I've 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 fallen down a few times, and you know, and uh, I've had my own versions of that. So yeah, you know, it is what it is, but. You just work hard, learn, and and don't make the same mistake twice. twice. You know, yeah. don't. Uh, word of recommendation is listen to your brain, not your heart. And so that that's what happened to you and what happened to me as well. Because I really want to do it, it was with my heart. I really wanted to make stuff here in America. I want to do it, get you know machines and do it. And uh, biggest mistake in my business career almost cost me my 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 whole everything. And I'm getting through it right now. I'm actually been selling machines and licking my wounds and moving forward. But um, you know, take your time. Don't don't rush. Take it'd rather be slow and do it right. Be successful than fast yeah. Done. One thing I learned is uh, you know, I was successful for a long time. So I was like, oh, I got this. I you know, I was conf- too too confident. And now it was actually kind of a good thing because it kind of brought me back down to to reality. And I'm like, all right, well, all right, I'm just an average Joe. Let's let's. Let's recalculate. Let's lick our wounds. Let's sell this stuff off, and boom, boom, let's go. And now I'm actually even more focused. Now I like down to like, I don't mess around anymore. I'm like, there's no fat. Boom, you know, just like. <laughs> but sometimes you have to hit, get hit in the face, you know. Sure. Yep. And unfortunately, I, I, it was just bad, bad business partners, and and just trusting people, and you know, they talk a good game. But again, it was all going off my heart. What I, I, I was ignoring the red right. flags as I wanted to do, I really want to do this one, you know, like a little, like a excited child. And uh, in hindsight, holy cow, man, I wish I would have never done that. I would have been so much better. But, you know, it is what it is. You only live once, and, uh, you know, it's a long road. And, and, and you're still coming out whole is the most Yeah, <laughs> so it, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, my point is, like, you're, like, somewhere in Bali, you know. Yeah. 
Dude, yeah. Dusting off my shoulders. I, I still, <laughs> I mean, audible on that. I still think about it once in a while, but you know, yeah. it's kind of hard. No, I know. Trust me. Yeah, dude. But well, I, I think I, I don't have any other questions. Do you? No, man. That was that was an awesome podcast. Thank well, you for coming in and yeah. talking with us. And, and appreciate it, man. To our listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you guys were able to pull some nuggets out of, out of this one. We were really stoked to have you on. Go on in uh, line and order some uh, sunglasses from Woodsy.com. Yeah, so sweet. Yeah. I'll just go through all your. All yeah, and if you, anyone has a question, feel free to email me, Luke, L-U-K-E, at woodsy.com. If you want to start a business oh. or have any questions from this podcast, love to help. Or if you're in Chico, check out their store. It's super, super awesome. Off 3rd, right? Or 2nd. Second. 2nd. Second. Second. 112 West 2nd Street. By the nice. sushi place, I think, two doors down, right? Yep. Yeah. Prestige yeah. Worldwide. Yeah, that walnut table is dope. So, awesome. the, so in terms of uh, his Twitter, it's twitter.com forward slash woodsy, Inc., and Woodsy is spelled W O O D Z E E um, I N C in that case. Uh, Facebook is Woodsy Inc. And Pinterest is Woodsy Inc. And Instagram is Woodsy Inc. Also. Well, thank you guys for having Thanks, me. Man. And uh, I had a blast. And uh, let's go out and rip some lip. We just yeah. put a dent in the beer. Too, what's what's uh, what's fish? I need the fish. Right. I'm, I'm good at drinking the beer part. Now, now's a, a good fish. time because the shadow running and they're super easy to catch. Cool. So I, I really, I'd love to take my son too. I want to learn if, and I want to show him. He, if, he if would you're, love uh, this. If you're he into catching uh, Sacramento suckers, I know where there's. I don't a ton care. <laughs> Let's just, I just want to fish. Cool. Let's, uh, but again, cool. I want to let him go too. Let's. Let's are really that's good. What we're about. So. Good. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Luke. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Peace. This podcast would not be possible without support from our sponsors, FishBio and Amped Up Build. FishBio is a consulting firm that offers a fresh approach to fishery science. They specialize in fish research, monitoring, and conservation with innovative uses of technology and communication. From their offices in Chico, Oakdale, and Santa Cruz, California, to Vienchen, Laos, FishBio is committed to solving natural resource challenges locally and globally. Learn more at www.fishbio.com. And Amp.Bill. Amp is a software design and engineering shop located in Chico, California. Amp creates beautiful apps for mobile and desktop devices, wearables, and the Internet of Things. Amp develops native, web, and hybrid apps on a variety of platforms. Chad, who co-hosts this podcast, is the agency's founder. Learn more at www.amp.bill.